0: Hey everyone, my name is Justin Wilson and welcome to The Political Paradox, a political podcast show where the goal is to cut through all of the propaganda and disinformation that we so often see and get straight to providing you the facts of the matter and following that up with various different opinions on these topics. Our panel has different political affiliations and backgrounds, so these conversations will get interesting. But I wanted this podcast to represent a variety of different opinions, not just mine. So thank you again for listening and let's get started.
1: Guys, you're with us tonight. We're going to have an emergency episode to discuss the passing of RBG and what that means for us as citizens. We're going to be talking about some of the potential candidates that are up for nomination on the Supreme Court, what that could look like, and how that can affect us in our daily life.
0: Yep. Uh, hey, Madison, how are you tonight?
1: I'm good. How are you, Justin? <laughs>
0: uh, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I'm here.
1: I feel that it has been a day. Well, it's been a year, actually.
0: Yeah, it's been it's been quite the three and a half years, actually. When I think about it,
1: <laughs> touche. All
0: right. Um, so, as we both know, um, Rbg tragically, we. I mean, another hero lost this year. I mean, we've lost so many at this point. I think between. All of our losses uh, and the COVID nineteen. I mean, this just has to be the worst year ever. But it really does. Yeah, and we wanted to have an emergency podcast tonight. I'm sure this is not going to be our only one uh, with the current state of the the political system in our country. But (laughs) I just I could not stay quiet about this. Um, I was uh, following all of the developments this weekend and um and today and when i actually when cnn put out the short list of uh trump's uh nominees for the uh justice to replace rbg it was um amy coney barrett and then barbara uh, lagoa and um i haven't even <laughs> i'm afraid of what i would find if i looked into uh Lagoa's uh, record. I mean, hopefully she would be better because she is a um, a child of immigrants. I know that much. But I started with Amy Comey Barrett, and and her record is is appalling. Um, but first, I want to talk about let's talk about hypocrisy coming from the Republican Party right now. In 2016, we had Obama putting forth a nomination.
1: Justice Scalia passed away, and. You know, Obama put up his nomination in March, and Mitch of McConnell, 2016. Uh, you know, Mitch McConnell, the the Speaker of the Senate or leader of the Senate Majority. Um, he he wasn't having it. He he said, "No way, no how. We're not taking this nomination. We're not even going to consider it because the American people deserve uh, to be able to." to put their opinion in and, and we're gonna just wait on the next president.
0: Yep, it was, okay, so um, he declined Obama's nomination in 2016 for uh, putting forth, Obama's uh, attempting to put forth uh, Merrick Garland and here's the exact quote. McConnell said February 23rd, 2016 quote, the Senate will appropriately revisit the matter after the American people finish making in November a decision they've already started making today. Um, And then we had another uh, Senate Republican, Lindsey Graham from South Carolina, quote on uh, March 10th, 2016, quote, I want you to use my words against me. If there is a Republican president in 2016 and a vacancy occurs in the last year of the first term, you can say Lindsey Graham said, let's let the next president, whoever it might be, make that nomination. So here we are, less than 50 days away from the election. And We have RBG tragically pass away. And these same Republicans in 2016, when we were eight months away from the 2016 presidential election, did not let Obama put through Merrick Garland's nomination for the Senate to vote on. But again, here we are less than 50 days away. We are 47 days away from the election and McConnell and Graham are going to rush through the nomination and vote for whoever trump is going to pick to replace rbg and that the hypocrisy the the hypocrisy is ridiculous coming from the republican party right now and i just i refuse to accept this and it is an outrage that they can say something 4 years ago and they go back and they can sh- it's it's like who's making the rules
1: and it's and it's itter- interesting because their argument is that in 2016, the president was a Democrat, but the Senate majority was Republican. And so now that the president is Republican, they're trying to say, oh, well, because of that, it's we're both Republican. So our interests align. So it's not a problem anymore. But really, that is not a good excuse. It is extremely hypocritical. And I think that is my problem you know it with politics and we see it on both sides but here it is clearly you know the republicans who are they're being hypocritical and it's like you can't even follow your own rule
0: it's it's it, it can't be both ways it can't be whoever's president and we have a vacancy you know it's either they they pick and they they put forth a nomination or we're going to have this rule where if we're within uh, 365 days of the election whoever the sitting president is it can't put forth a nomination and and again we can't have it both ways and then yeah uh, that was mcconnell's argument and then lindsey graham's argument is uh, he's changed his mind because of the way that uh that uh, brent uh kavanaugh's uh, uh nomination went a few years ago uh well, are you that sensitive that he was accused of sexual assault, and we actually had to have a due process, and we had to have make sure we were voting the right person into the Supreme Court? You're you're that sensitive, so here you are, you're going back and you're breaking your own rules. I mean, this is outrageous, and, and I haven't even I haven't even talked to you guys about her record. Of the 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 front runner, Amy Coney Barrett, her record is 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 horrifying. It. But, you know, one thing I want to do, uh, I really do want to thank Republican Senators Lisa Murkowski from Alaska and Susan Collins from Maine for actually upholding fairness and publicly opposing voting on a new Supreme Court justice until after this election, which is, again, in less than 47 days.
1: I think it is an interesting to note that historically, there have only been nine members in the Supreme Court, but there's no law that says they can't extend that number. And so the Democrats are kind of pushing back and saying, "Okay, well, if if you go ahead and you nominate someone and you put someone one in place, then, you know, we might just up the number to 11 (laughs) and put two more people on there if they're able to get them the majority. So I think that is, it would be interesting to see if that happens.
0: Yeah. Let's, uh, let me, let me talk to you about, um, Amy Comey Barrett's, uh, uh, record, um, that I sourced from AP Washington post. So a couple things. So Amy Comey Barrett, she is a, uh, an originalist or she follows, uh, originalism, which is a way of interpreting the Constitution where justices attempt to decipher original meanings of texts when assessing if someone's rights have been violated. Number one, I'm sorry, I don't want Amy Comey Barrett uh, as, as seeing if my rights have been violated uh, judging from the, uh, the version of the Constitution that was written how many years ago that they've had to amend over and over and over again. Think of how ridiculous that sounds.
1: Yeah, that's I mean, I feel like that's not really a modern way of thinking. Um, that's
0: I mean, we we've yeah. amended the constitution over and over and over again. If you're if you're an originalist, then women can, women shouldn't vote.
1: Yeah. And and she's a woman and I mean, it's like if you're really going to interpret it directly then you wouldn't even have the power to be up here making these decisions or interpreting in such way because you're a woman. So it's like, how, how can she really do that?
0: An example of her uh, originalism interpretation of the constitution was just last year, she argued that a convicted nonviolent felon, should not have their right to own a firearm taken away because they are a nonviolent felon. Only felons, convicted felons of violent crimes, should have their right to uh, not own a firearm taken away. But, uh, you know, the, the, the fraudsters and uh, all the white collar crime people who steal and scam and scheme their way through life, they should have the right to own a weapon. But people convicted of, of violent felonies shouldn't.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a strange policy. Do you, people who are committing the like the fraud and that sort of like these business kind of, but those people would be allowed to own firearms. Is is that what you're saying?
0: Her argument last year was people convicted of non-violent felonies should have the right to own weapons and only people convicted of violent felonies should have their right to own a weapon taken away. But that's not even the worst of it. Uh, Next up on this uh, list of notes here that I have for her and her uh, atrocious record and why she would be such a horrible replacement. So something else about her is that uh, she previously written that judges should not be held to upholding previous Supreme Court rulings. So she, so she said that the Supreme Court um, shouldn't be expected to go with precedent on previous rulings. So she, so things like Roe v. Wade, uh, Obamacare, like she is saying that she would be open to over, uh, uh, overturning them.
1: Yes, I'm. I'm reading that here. I see the article on CNN. Uh, Where it says that Democrat senators and liberal advocates have long poised to oppose her warning, particularly that she could roll back abortion rights and invalidate Affordable Care Act.
0: Yeah. And then here's here's the the cherry on top, the absolute, the the scariest thing uh, to me. uh, And this is her words. I'm about to give you a direct quote. Uh, This comes from Washington Post. uh, She has said, Amy Comey Barrett has said, quote, legal career is but means to an end. And that end is building a kingdom of God, end quote. So she is a strict Catholic, which is fine. But I don't want someone who is going to be judging on my rights and potentially overturning my rights and women's rights and take away people's health care. I don't want someone like that on the Supreme Court. Who, who thinks that legal career is nothing but a means to an end, and, the, and that end is building a kingdom of God, that's horrifying. I mean, our country was supposed to be founded on separation of, uh, from uh, church and state.
1: I so- mean, it really was. These people fled here because they didn't want their lives to be dictated by religion. And that's not like the beauty of America is supposed to be that you can believe whatever you want. But part of having that right comes with this agreement, you know, amongst people to say, okay, we can all believe whatever we want, but that means we have to understand that our neighbors may not do exactly as we do and believe exactly as we do. So I don't understand this need to push your beliefs onto everyone. Like they're. There is a reason that people say to check to separate church and state like they just they don't go well together.
0: They don't because we're supposed to have uh, freedom of religion. But that means anybody who is an American citizen can have whatever religion they want to
1: or no religion at all. If that's what they choose.
0: Exactly.
1: I mean, you know, who's to say who's right and who's wrong? Like you can't. So therefore you just have to take your nose. I, I mean it's just why do you care who gets married? I mean, yeah, we care. You know, we can't be having grown people marry children, but if two consensual adults want to marry one another, who are we to say no? Like it's just none of your business.
0: It it's I I just don't understand why I don't understand why others don't understand the importance and the whole reason of separation from church and state. And it's it's, it's, uh, Republicans always talk about, Oh, you know, we really believe in separation of power and we have three, three branches of government. But, and I don't want, I don't want anybody's religion. I'm uh, most people know I'm not religious, but I don't want anybody's religion, no matter what religion that is. I don't want anybody's religion Uh, going into law, whether that's municipal law, state law, or federal law, because I'm not religious. So whether it's Catholic or Baptist or Muslim, or I I don't want any of that in my laws because I'm not religious. And I know not everybody's religion is going to match up. And there's a lot of other people who are not religious. And the law should be fair and equal. And we have to view law under a equal lens. And we can't view it from a lens of whatever our personal religion is.
1: I mean, and it's just, it's not like, I, at the center of these, you know, these questions, you know, should gay marriage be allowed? Should you be allowed to have an abortion? Uh, At this, is, is religion. And it's like, once you take that out of the equation, there really is no question left. And it's like, if we could just move, I mean, and here's my thing. If you believe in God, then and you think it's a sin, that's fine. But it's not your sin to answer for. You know what I'm saying? Like when you, when judgment day comes, you're not going to have to answer for your neighbor or your friend or your cousin or even your, your parent or your sibling. You have to answer for you if that's what you believe. So I still don't understand why it's an issue.
0: I don't either. Um, all right. So let's talk about what, what's going to happen. So I feel, um, I feel like uh, Senate Republicans are going to push this through. Um, They are going to push this nomination through and they are going to vote on this. Do you think so too?
1: I, I think it's very likely. I mean, they, they have the majority, obviously Donald Trump, I think is going to try to take any chance. He has to make himself look strong and, and appear as this, You know, steadfast leader. And so, I mean, I definitely think that they're going to do everything in their power to push this through as quickly as possible. I mean, I could I could see by Friday him making an official nomination.
0: Yeah, I I see them pushing this through. I don't see um, I don't I don't see any way how uh, Democrats could stop that. The only solution that I can see is uh, Democrats flipping the Senate and, uh, of course, winning the presidency. And then mm, if that happens, then we'll have to see about future options and, and you know, uh, writing up some legislation to equal this out. Because of right now, right now, it's it's not it's not looking good. Um, I can really about-
1: see the if if they flip the Senate and the Democrats get the majority, I could see them trying like I said, I mean it is by law it is within their power to add additional members to the Supreme Court so i I think if it does go through and they do get the majority that it is very possible that we could see them try to extend the number to eleven
0: and you know what that that's been discussed before, and that was always thought of as radical but if Amy Comey Barrett gets in there uh, which currently again is the front runner for the 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 pick then that tips the, the 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 power of the court so far right that...
1: I mean, and it just doesn't seem fair to me holding the majority of the Senate, being in the presidency. Like, it just, you're not letting any other voices be heard and, and be taken into account. Like, there's no leveling of the playing field.
0: Nope. So, um, uh, so again, adding, adding seats to the Supreme Court, that, that was always a radical idea that was thrown around. If this nomination gets pushed through and they vote on it, then, um, you know, that idea is not so radical anymore because uh, th- this is a real danger for Obamacare. This is a real danger for marriage equality. This is a real danger for abortion and women's reproductive rights. So... Yeah, I I see. I see Democrats taking the radical step to do that if they win, if they flip the Senate and win the presidency. How do you think this is going to change the upcoming um, presidential election? You think it swings in either way to favor Biden or Trump?
1: I honestly I I could see it favoring Biden in terms of. The urgency to get out and vote seems more. It it seems like the urgency has increased. But then I also think that Biden's response to her passing was kind of lacking. Like, you know, he was like in the video I saw, he was kind of like looking down at his cards a lot. Like he just looked kind of like just not all there to me. And so I'm, you know, I'm curious to see how that affects people, but I think that kind of goes along with this, you know, whole narrative um, that the conservatives try to spin, like, you know, Sleepy Joe, that, that sort of thing, so it kind of leaves me wondering, you know, is Biden in the best of health? Is he ready to take this, you know, on the job of being the president, but then it also increases the urgency to get out there and vote for him, because it's like, wow, this is, like, here's this, You know, this woman who gained us all these rights just passed away, and in her place could be this extreme conservative who could repeal our rights. So I don't really know. I feel like it could go either way.
0: Yeah, I don't. um, I saw the video of Biden speaking. I didn't interpret it that way. I didn't really pay much attention to um, his body language or him looking at his nose. I mean, he seemed like. He seemed like someone who was genuinely shocked uh, about an American hero passing away and, and, and didn't know quite what to say naturally. And he looked uncomfortable. And I think that's because he knew what the Senate Republicans and what Trump was going to was going to start. Um, so in terms of the election and if this is going to benefit either candidate, um, I, again, I see it both ways. I see, you know, the very far left of the Democratic base who may not have wanted to vote for Biden. I see them being more energized and I see that, you know, yeah, them understanding yeah. that, you know, even if they don't like Biden as a candidate, they know that it's going to be important to even it's the playing be, field. Exactly. It's going to be important to even the the playing field uh, next year after the.
1: Is uh, so it we're kind of referring to more of like the Bernie supporters here?
0: Yeah. In the far left of the party, Bernie supporters, uh, the, the, the quote, Democratic socialists, the progressives who have who protested a lot of, of 2016 and and didn't vote for Clinton. Um, but then at the same time, I see this as potentially swinging in Trump's favor because I you see, think? I think so, because here's what I think. Um, going back to uh, of the discussion and this story of our friend who's, whose grandfather passed away from COVID-19 and she's a, uh, her family is a deep Republican, but they had elected to not vote this election season because of Trump's dismissiveness of the threat of COVID-19. But I see them as evaluating this now. Okay, so we're finally going to tip the courts in our conservative favor and viewpoint where we can finally get rid of horrible things like abortion and marriage equality and Obamacare. So even though I have a really, really bad problem with Trump, because of his, uh, because of his dishonesty when it came to COVID nineteen, and uh, but I know if Biden wins and the Democrats win, they're going to add more seats to the Supreme Court where um, we can't get rid of those horrible things.
1: It really just disturbs me that people they believe so deeply that that people who have you know early term abortions, like first six weeks, are. Are literally murderers like it. I just that's okay, but police brutality against people of color like that that's okay, but you can't have an abortion. Like, I just don't, I so deeply don't understand it.
0: Yeah, all right. Um, well, um, I guess uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up then. Uh, all right, I, guys, I, thanks for listening to our, <laughs> our first emergency edition of the political paradox. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more of these to come (laughs) and um, we'll see you later this week for our regular uh, weekly uh, episode Um, thanks for listening guys